Welcome to this Happy Home Podcast. I'm Arlene Pellicane. Today you're going to get a behind-the-scenes look at the making of growing up social, raising relational kids in a screen-driven world. Learn how the book came to life out of the vision of one concerned dad coming up next. Well, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know I have been talking about 31 Days to Becoming a Happy Wife, and I have been interviewing ladies like Liz Curtis Higgs and Sharon Janes, Pam Farrell on the podcast. Of course, those archives are always available, and today we are turning a corner. I have a new book out uh, that's co-authored with Dr. Gary Chapman, the wonderful, amazing Gary Chapman of the Five Love Languages. And we've written a book called Growing Up Social, Raising Relational Kids in a Screen-Driven World. And many of you have written with your questions about the book. So I thought I would give you a little behind-the-scenes look at the book and give you some information that's not out there and let you know how the book came to be. And as I said in the open, there's a concerned dad behind that. But before I get to that dad, I want to read you some of the reviews that have come up on Amazon that really have made me so glad. Here's what one mom says. Being a parent to an electronic addicted family, I really struggled with not only how much and when we used it, but struggled to find a balance. In a world where it's everywhere around us and a 10-year-old needs a cell phone and not just a phone, but a smartphone, I didn't know what to do. After reading Growing Up Social by Gary Chapman and Arlene Pellicane, I found not only useful ideas and thoughts on how to balance the technology with family life, but also how to limit my own. We are trying to raise our children to be responsible and trustworthy with everything out there nowadays, and I have to say the ideas were really good for myself. We learned how to make some simple changes in our family's use of the internet and iPad time. It hasn't been easy for my husband and I, but when we do go out, we're learning to no longer look like that family at dinner together on their phones and iPads and not really being together. We're finding ways to disconnect from the digital world and really enjoy one another. Does that sound familiar? Here's what another mom says. I'm sure if you're like me, you've heard plenty of times how much you need to limit your child's screen technology time. But have you ever wondered, what's the big deal? Or thought, well, yeah, but this is everywhere and I don't want my kid to be left out. I want them to be able to learn how to live in this techno world. The authors of this book show how you can find healthy limits and why it's important. I have found so many aha moments in this book and wow, that makes sense. This is definitely one I'd recommend to parents with kids of any age. Don't feel like you've blown it. Take the next step and find out how. So I'm so happy that parents are finding Growing Up Social, parents and grandparents, and they're finding tips out of it that they can use in their own homes. This isn't the kind of book that's anti-technology. It's not the kind of book that says you have to raise your kids like mine or else you're missing the boat. You know, it's not like that. Please don't take it that way. Well, I have to say the question I get asked the most is, how in the world did you get the opportunity to write with Dr. Gary Chapman? How did you you, know, you all meet? How'd that come about? And I have to tell you, it's as much of a mystery to me as it is to you. <laughs> I was uh, on his radio show, Building Relationships with Gary Chapman, about a year and a half ago about my book, 31 Days to a Happy Husband. And I remember it was uh, either, I think it was January 2nd, where we did this radio interview over the phone. And I thought to myself, my goodness, I am beginning the new year by meeting Dr. Gary Chapman over the phone on the radio. And I was ecstatic. I was so thrilled, so honored. The Five Love Languages has been a help to my family and so many others. So I was really, really, really excited to talk with him. 
Well, that happened, and then Moody Publishers, who publishes his books, they have a wonderful website called startmarriageright.com. And I was submitting articles for that because I saw Dr. Chapman on there, and I figured if it's a place where Dr. Chapman will is, then that's a good place for me to be too. So I was submitting articles for them. And then lastly, we, there's an author, a friend of mine, Ashley Slater. She's got a great marriage book out called Team Us, and Ashley was writing for Moody. And she's a friend of mine from college, and so all those things seem to click. Now, the father that I alluded to in the open, his name, we've got to give a shout out to Moody publisher, Zach Williamson. And Zach's a dad, and he saw, he works uh, as in the publishing house, you know, and he saw, wow, we really have got to write a book about technology because look around. Kids are on their iPads. Parents are not talking to each other in restaurants. They're on the phone. Look around. Look at how communication is changing so rapidly within the family. We've got to address this. We have got to provide a resource for this. And it was really his vision about this book that led him to say to Dr. Chapman, let's write a book like this. Let's find someone with kids that can co-write this with you and kind of provide that in the trenches look. And that's how they found me. So can you believe it? And Dr. Chapman and the Moody team and myself all got together. I had my recorder. I asked him tons of questions, recorded all the answers. Uh, we went back and forth about these ideas. And uh, I was able to transcribe much of that and, and put that in the book. And then we'd go back and forth via email with chapters. So it was really an exciting process to be able to team up with Dr. Chapman. And, and I can't tell you how, how thankful I am for it. And yes, he is as nice in person as his persona is you know, on the radio or if you've seen him on television. Well, I don't have to tell you that technology has taken center stage in many American homes, and I'm going to share a few questions that I've received, and I hope that it will reflect some of the questions you have in your heart. The first question is this, why is it important that parents buy into the limitation of screens in their own lives? And if you're listening to this with a spouse and one of you likes screens more than the other, then I know one of you is like staring at the other one right now. But you know what? When you boil it down, kids are going to imitate what parents do. They did this study at the University of Washington with babies. And they found that babies, when they were only 42 minutes old, that they were imitating the adults. So if the mom stuck her tongue out, the baby would stick her tongue out. If the mom, you know, made a face, the baby would try to make the same face. And so the baby, even at 42 minutes old, you know, was already imitating what they saw this mom or dad doing. So your baby is going to grow up to do what you do. Your toddler will, your preschooler, your grade school child. They're watching you, mom and dad. I know in one way that's so scary. And in another way, that's such an encouraging challenge to make us rise up and say, hey, what kind of digital life do I want to have? Because the kind of digital life I have is most likely the kind of digital life that my kid has. So if we as parents are constantly checking our emails, average American worker is checking their email 30 times an hour. So every two minutes, that click. And believe me, I get that. I'm a writer at home, and I click on that email to see, did I get anything new? And it's this thing that you're so trained to do. You're so used to it. So if we as parents, we're constantly checking our emails, we respond to texts, to tweets right away. We uh, don't give eye contact to our kids when we do this. Guess what? 
our children will mirror this behavior and it will drive us crazy, right? You're telling your teenager, please look at me when you talk to me. You're telling your kids, put that tablet down. No, you may not play a fifth game. So instead of becoming perhaps frustrated with our kids first, maybe we have to be a little frustrated with ourselves first. And to say, wait a minute, I've got to get more comfortable with calls, going to voicemail, for texts, sitting there for, hey, you know, an hour, two hours, three hours. Do they really need to know right away? Of course, there are times where you do need that instant answer at work. But there are many times where you can let that go and you can wait until a better time. If we can pick up that board game with our child and do that once in a while, pick up a book and read for five minutes to our child and kind of sneak in those things instead of a last minute text or last an email that's going to serve us a lot better another question is this um, someone asks what does it mean to have a relational child and why is that critical in today's world because in our book we say that we have these five a plus skills and they're not just the academic a's but they're a pluses in terms of emotional health and those a's are appreciation does your child say thank you are they appreciative of what they have or are they like I need that now, and I can't believe you didn't give that to me, you know, that entitled generation. So are they appreciative? Do they show affection? Can they receive affection? Or do they know how to give and receive affection properly? Anger management, does your child know how to express ma- manger, express anger in a productive way, or do they, you know, throw a fit? Do they give the silent treatment? Do they just go on their video games? Do they disappear in their rooms? What are ways that you can help your child deal with anger properly? And then the last two A's are apology. Can your child apologize, accept an apology? And lastly, a big one for school, attention. Can your child pay attention in school uh, to you as you're giving them instructions? So these A-plus skills, you could say, wow, that, that's what it means to be have a relational child. If you have a child who can say thank you, who can show affection, can greet someone and look them in the eye and say, you know, it's nice to meet you. If they can manage their anger, if they know when it's right to apologize and they can take responsibility and they can pay attention when it's required, hey, you've got what? A pretty great student, a pretty great kid. And guess what? If the world had more kids like that, I don't need to say any more, do I? It would be a better, better place. So that's what it means when we talk about having a relational child, and it makes all the difference in the world when you have a society of children who are growing up to be adults who have mastered these relational skills, or at least they're on their way to mastering these relational skills. All right, the next question, is there hope out there for the parent who feels that his or her family is already too far gone into the mess of electronic media? So... You're like, okay, this is nice, but we already, we're all addicted, so what in the world do we do? You know what? There is time whenever your kids are still under your roof, you still have hope for change. Of course, it's easier to make incremental changes if your kids are the average, the average kid, 8 to 18, spends 7 hours a day in front of a screen. So if you are in that average, you know, and you have seven hours a day, you're not necessarily going to say, okay, guys, I read this book and we're going to go to half hour a day. They're going to look at you like you have a third eye. But what you can say is half an hour less. Hey, guys, I read this book and I realized, you know what? We are wasting a lot of time. (laughs) Like there are other things to do in life. So we're going to cut back by half an hour and we're going to give that a try and see how that goes. And then the next week you might go to one hour, cut back 
back one hour and replace that time with other things, reading time, going outside, riding bikes, learning an instrument, do something different that your kids may give you a lot of grief about now, but later in life, I promise you, they will be grateful. And and you may start with an apology instead of saying to your child, why do you watch so much TV? You might instead say, you know what, honey, I'm sorry because I tell you I've been busy and I'm tired at the end of the day and I kind of just let you do whatever you want and I realize that's not the best that that mommy or daddy can be as a parent and I'm sorry about that so we're going to start making these changes and start with apologizing start with taking responsibility for your own actions because guess what your kids are going to respond to that much much better than if you come down hard on them doesn't that make sense okay last question How can faith help a family to place relationships above gadgets to the role of faith? And you know what? If you're going to have this conversation about having less screen time in your life, you do have to start with this question of why. Uh, We've always heard, James and I, in, in seminars, and this has stayed with us, if your values are clear, your decisions are easy. So if you know this is a value to me, so let's say spending quality time with my husband is a value to me. So when someone asks me to volunteer for something every Thursday night, I say, no, I can't do that because otherwise when in the world am I going to see my husband? So when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. So if you have a why in place, why do you want to limit screen time? Is it because you want to model um, more relational skills, skills with your kid. You want to spend more time reading the Bible together. That's where that faith piece comes in place. You want to go to church on Sundays, on Wednesdays. You want to get your kids to youth group. When you have faith, uh, that component, it makes a huge difference in the why. Like, why do you want to spend this time with moral teaching, biblical teaching, versus just letting screens teach your kids everything about life? And then it really gives you the power to do what you can't do on your own. Philippians 4 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You might look at your family's media time and wonder how in the world are we going to do this, make changes, and on on your own you can't, but with God's help you can. So I know my faith in God helps me so much as a parent to train my children to obey God that that's my focus. I want children who grow up to be kids who respect and who love and obey God because as they obey God, that's We're going to put them under the protection of doing things God's way. And God will take care of my children if they will do that. Well, I hope that has answered some of your questions. I know you have more. So that's why you can get your copy of Growing Up Social, Raising Relational Kids in a Screen-Driven World. Go look for it in your Christian bookstore, at your Barnes & Nobles. Online, of course, um, on Amazon or anywhere that books are sold. Christian Book Distributor is a great place. And please pick up Growing Up Social. Tell your friends about it. I invite you to visit my website, ArlenePelican.com, or you can also go to 5lovelanguages.com slash growingupsocial to find more resources from the book as well as a video, three-minute video starring my kids so you can see what they look like. And uh, they got to act. They got to act so you guys can see how they did. And in the video, I think there's a part of it that'll make your heart choke up because you'll realize how is it that I'm spending the days with my family. So I really hope you'll check that out. Until next month where we will continue to talk about living in this digital world, but living in an intentional way so that we can be relational. Until then, remember, you too can have a happy home.